from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Breaking news. We got the breaking news sounder before we get into what's trending, Dennis. According to Bruce Feldman, reporter for Fox at The Athletic, tweeted this out about five minutes ago. Phil Longo, offensive coordinator for North Carolina, leaving the Tar Heels to go to Wisconsin to go be the Badgers offensive coordinator. So no Phil Longo for Drake May next season. Apparently he had a strong, this is according to Bruce Feldman, had a strong relationship with Luke Fickle for a while, interviewed for the Cincy offensive coordinator position before that. Big 10 money. Big 10 money, man. There's this fact, I, I, I was actually just about to retweet, Carolina can have all the money in the world, but Big Ten money talks. Which Especially is, on the assistant level. That's yes. really where you see the difference. You know, Clemson set a different standard with Brent Venables mm-hmm. back in the day, but you'll note they're not in that game anymore, are they? <laughs> no. No, they're not. Well, what's interesting about the Big Ten, and again, this is anecdotal, and it actually started to happen when Urban Meyer left the SEC – and ended up as the Ohio State head coach, right? And I remember Barry Alvarez, who's Wisconsin's old coach, AD, all that stuff. When he's, Sith Lord, yeah. He really is because when, oh, is it time for me to coach again? Fine. I'll go be the interim coach again mm. at Wisconsin. I'll go coach the Rose Bowl. What a hardship. There were two things that Barry kind of complained about. One of them was, what do you what do you mean you kept recruiting our guys after they committed to our schools? That's not the Big Ten way. No. There's honor amongst our coaches. And Urban Meyer was like, buddy, nah, that's not how this works in the real world. So Urban Meyer kind of ushered that in at Ohio State. The other thing that the Big Ten was notorious about for the longest time is they might have been a washing money, but they wasn't going to assistance. But you know who changed the game in that too? The SEC, where strength and conditioning coaches were making, are making, are making bonkers money for yeah. strength and conditioning. So the Big Ten eventually has followed suit. It's a and, tough, that's a tough loss for Carolina. Obviously, they'll they'll go out and hire somebody good. Yeah, uh, I thought Phil Longo did it just about as good a job this year as anyone on the assistant level, particularly on the play calling side. And I know. There were some red zone issues there late in the season. Mm-hmm. I chalk a lot of that up to the run game kind of stalling out. But, I mean, he, he did a r- unbelievable job this year with uh, Drake May. Well, I'll, I'll leave it like this. If you're Mac Brown, you got your connections, so it shouldn't be hard for Mac Brown to go through his phone and call up a buddy of his to be offensive coordinator. Oh, and a lot of people are going to want to coach Drake May. You wanna, yes. You're going to yes. want to coach Drake May. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, that's your pitch. Like, hey, you, you, you want to go coach a future number one pick in the draft, potentially? All right, come do it. I mean, that should be easy. Let's log on to the internet, shall we? It's brought to you by Geico, where you got a number of ways that you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online at geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest to you. Let's get it. You know, when you're wrong, you're wrong. I began this football season by saying, this is the year the New York Mets are going to win the World Series. This is the year... NC State's going to win the ACC championship, and this is the year the Buffalo Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Well, we know the first two things didn't happen, and now I'm here to tell you the third thing's not going to happen. Linebacker Von Miller out for this season now with a torn ACL. You add this in with the neck injury to Micah Hyde in week one. 
Micah Hyde, their outstanding safety. Joe. Joe. Yeah. Joe. Teams that win the Super Bowl usually are the healthy teams, not teams that lose two really important pieces to their defense. I hate it for the Bills. I wanted this to be the Bills year. They're still the betting favorites somehow. Yeah. But don't love this. Yeah, I mean, right now, the, the the Bills are still one of the top teams in the NFL, straight up, injuries aside. everybody. I don't know, but with Miller and Hyde, yes, as we saw at the beginning of the year when they were, like, running blazing hot. Yeah, man, I get you. I get you. I get you. But right – especially Miller. Miller, in my opinion, Miller and Odell Beckham Jr. pushed the Rams over the edge last year. Mm-hmm. And when Miller signed with the Bills, that to me was the first sign that – the Rams were in trouble. And he started the season, remember, playing against the Rams and, and wreaking havoc on Matthew Stafford. So I hate this for the Bills. The question right now is who's running hot towards this back end of the season? The, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs losing to the Bengals actually helped the Buffalo Bills. Potentially. The, helped the Bills in the standings, I think, this week. With the, with, the, with the Chiefs losing to the Bengals, they're back in the number one spot in the AFC. But in terms of trending... You can be number one. You can get home field advantage, all that stuff. Who's hot? Who's not? Yeah. And right now, you're looking at the AFC. The Bengals are super hot. The Dolphins can reclaim that. The Dolphins, by the way, have been dealing with some injuries, too. Mm-hmm. So that's they're not out of the woods, just like the Buffalo Bills. And the Kansas City Chiefs still have Patrick Mahomes. I'm, I'm still not going to count him out. It's going to be a dogfight in the AFC. It was always, and that's, you know I guess that's my point. It was always going to be a dogfight in the AFC. I don't know why. I mean, I was on the Bills bandwagon because that was a hell of a fun team to watch at the beginning of the season. But as we've got to this point, we understand, hey, man, the AFC East was no joke. You know, thanks to the Dolphins stepping up and the Jets looking like they had a little bit of life. And we look at the Bengals coming on, obviously the Chiefs are the Chiefs. It was. It's going to be a wild AFC side of the draw. The NFC, on the other hand? Man, I don't know. We're in a world where Baker Mayfield is going to be starting for well, the Rams tomorrow night. We also have one more scheduled Eagles-Cowboys game in the regular season. I suspect we'll we'll see one in the playoffs that might actually have the Super Bowl on the line. Next up. One of the four, all of the four, or half of the four. So the Carolina Hurricanes have played 26 games this season. Ten of them have gone to overtime. That's a pretty wild stat. And they went to overtime last night against the Ducks. And while this road trip started off on the right foot, they're back into that weird overtime loss thing. Adam Gold, Kane's Corner Podcast. Listen to him noon to three here on 99.9 The Fan. But that Kane's Corner Podcast brought to you by the Aluminum Company. Here's two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Let's do that hockey. You can check out any. All right, fellas, I got two minutes. Thanks to our friends at Dysart Willis for a really weird road trip to Los Angeles. Normally, you go out west and you play a game on a Monday and then you play a game on a Tuesday and then you go up to San Francisco and play San Jose on a Thursday. We get three and four. Nah, not this year. We do something silly like go to L.A. on a Saturday and then we get two days off to hang out at the beach. I don't know. Maybe the guys got on Riviera. I don't. Maybe there was sand in their skates. I have no idea. But they had two days off and then they go out, play with a lot of energy. But 
but were a hot mess against the Ducks, who were, are the worst team in hockey. First goal, this is what kind of a night it was. A shot goes off of Brett Pesci's throat, drops to the ice. Adam Henrique shoots it in. He beats Piotr Kachetkov. Henrique's 13th career goal against the Hurricanes. He's a killer. The second goal, Jacob Slavin got his pocket picked. Seriously, by Jakob Silverberg, by the way. Another Hurricanes killer. That's a goal. Max Comtois here. Anaheim will punch the puck into the Kane zone. Pat Verbeek. Rebuild it. Ducks it on front of score. Loose puck in the Kane zone. And Max Comtois gets his first of the year. He missed the last 11 games with a lower body injury. He'll deposit the loose puck past the Kane's netminder. Anaheim goes back on top. 2-1. Third goal. All the forwards get caught up ice. They don't seem bothered by coming back, and it's a three-on-one. Brady Shea did the best he could, but that's a goal. And then the fourth goal. Listen to this. Now Zegras will finally call for a change. And the Ducks are going to try to take advantage. As Carolina does. Pesci gets back. Shot put on. Ryan Strom takes advantage of the Canes change and the Ducks get the extra point for three here tonight. Yeah, the Ducks changed, but they can do it because they're going towards their end. Carolina can't change. Andrei Svechnikov was, I don't know, he was going back to the beach. So you know what? The Hurricanes got what they deserved out of last night. They got a point. They didn't play badly. They just played messy. Now we got to clean it up on Saturday on Long Island. That's my general vibe every day, Messi. Probably not for the best. That's Adam Gold. Check out the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Next up. The best week ever for Louisville continues. Okay. First, Coach Scott Satterfield, who, you know, quite frankly, they didn't love, takes a job at Cincinnati. And now the coach the coach that they do love the the prince who was promised the prince who was promised the prodigal son jeff brom has decided to leave purdue and come back home to his alma mater for a 6 year 35 million dollar contract with the louisville cardinals brom played for the cardinals is from louisville it doesn't become much more native son than this and he turned him down once he did it's almost like a Roy Williams Zen here moment I mean, for the if, for the Cardinals. If, if Brom takes him to the college football playoff, then I guess yeah, there's some similar vibes there. Uh, but that's not the only ACC news of the day. Virginia, we understand the tragedy that took place a few weeks ago. Virginia football had to cancel their last two weeks of the regular season because of those events. The NCAA has granted. Virginia football players an extra year of eligibility for what had happened. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward. That might affect the transfer portal as well as it relates to Virginia's football roster. North Carolina is looking for a new offensive coordinator. Phil Longo, according to Bruce Feldman, is going to be taking the same position with Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. Fickle leaving Cincinnati Apparently, Longo and Fickle have a relationship. Longo had applied or at least had interviewed for the offensive coordinator job at Cincinnati as well. So he's leaving behind a relatively successful run as the offensive coordinator for North Carolina. I know how these things get treated, though, on the Internet. You see the portal that's been active for the Tar Heels, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And now you're seeing the offensive coordinator leave Drake May? Huh. Something to keep an eye on. Next up. Number two. Wait, let's have a two and a half. 
Two and a half? Or is this hoops? Yeah, it's hoops. Oh, we don't need two and a half. We can just no, do this. Because this, yeah, yeah. we got more breaking news. More breaking news today. <laughs> All the things happening on a Wednesday. What you got? We were just concerned about NC State's lack of post options. Mm-hmm. Well, minutes ago on CBS Sports HQ, seven foot one big man Isaiah Miranda announced his commitment to NC State. You're saying, but Joe, doesn't that mean he'll be there next year? Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. He is from Southern California Academy, mm-hmm. and he is in his postgraduate year as we speak. According to CBS Sports, he is going to arrive on campus on Monday and begin practicing with the team right away. <laughs> That's crazy. In pr- <laughs> Baker Mayfield style <laughs> and be and be eligible to play in the second semester. All right. I mean, that's a great trade deadline deal for Kevin Keats. A huge pickup. For you. <laughs> Seven foot one, literally. What's the draft compensation? I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think there is Southern one. California Academy. All right. No, well, it's NC State we're talking about. Watch the NCAA get in its way. Watch that happen. I'm calling it right now. The NCAA is going to prevent that from happening. We'll see. Anyway. <laughs> well, that matters because NC State last night. Yeah. Big man, um, Duhon must Mohorsic. <laughs> Words are right. Did I get it right? I think you got it. I right. think I got it right. And I'm and you over know, here. And you know me. I'm great with names. Duhon Mohorsic. Yes. Yes. In- looks like he injured his knee in the cop. The win over Cop and State. Mm-hmm. They don't have an update on Mohorsic yet. However, without him, you're you're talking about trying to give DJ Burns extra minutes. That's not going to be great for NC State. They were in a bit of a predicament. Hopefully, Morsich is is not a serious injury. Something that maybe you can get him back by the end of the year. But obviously, picking up this Miranda seven footer, reading him his Miranda rights, and saving potentially the Wolfpack post situation. So the Wolfpack got the win over Coppin State, but really uh, the big winner was Traquavion Smith. Uh, Baby T had it's like he know it's like he's like a wrestling guy. He knows the cheap pop. And he talked about how they played a throwback game at Reynolds last yeah. night, which they, they've been doing for years. But he said, yeah, man, I'll, I'll take Reynolds over PNC Arena every day. Uh, it, was, it was a great atmosphere out in here. Uh, I like Reynolds better than PNC because uh, <laughs> it's a lot more smaller, uh, a lot more. It, get, it gets louder in here. Uh, the fans are closer. Uh, I feel like everybody interacts better at, uh, at Reynolds. Are you guys pitching for more games, like talking to coach or maybe the department say, hey, man, can we get some more home games or maybe some ACC games here? Uh, I haven't said anything, but I just might have to. <laughs> just might have to. A bunch of NC State fans are going, hell yes, baby T. Get more games at Reynolds. Here's the thing. Uh, Terquavion is right. Yeah, he'll take Reynolds over PNC Arena. The problem is uh, NC State will take dollars over cents. Every yeah, single day they're the contractually week. obligated to play 14 games at PNC, a minimum 14 every year. That's why the one extra game is able to be played yeah. at Reynolds. Also, c- contracts or not, they're never going to go back to Reynolds because... Well, now that it's been reconfigured to only 5,500, yes, it's, yeah, there's it no be way. impossible. There's no way to... Although there are some people who will say, rip out that Hall of Fame. That Centennial Campus idea from Jim Valvano's from 35 years ago, though. Yeah, you know my feelings on this. I've always said NC State needs its own facility on Centennial campus and if you want the Jim Valvano idea go all in bring the monorail that's right bring the monorail no, you know who did that Virginia have you been up the John Paul Jones I've arena? been up there the Cox you have 
Actually, I've never been to JPJ. Oh, wow. I've only been to University in my Hall. In my opinion, the best building in the league. That includes Cameron, obviously, and that includes Smith Center. Yeah, it's been they, recently they remodeled. Did, they so. did such an unbelievable... No, it was, it was new, you know. So oh, yeah, it's new, new, yeah. Like, it was... That's the um, best setup going in I'm, the league. I'm confusing that new setup with what they did with and, Little But John, that idea... Which, uh, the you know the the twelve thousand the fourteen thousand that was Valvano's idea on yep. can, on the Centennial campus. Virginia did it and they did it the right way. Next up, the number one story of the day. We're number one. We're number one. Aaron Judge got his money from the Yankees, but how close was he to not being a Yankee? Next. At WakeMed MyCare 365, we deliver convenience others only talk about every day of the year. Primary care and urgent care under one roof. Multiple locations, virtual visits, walk-in or schedule an appointment online. From annual physicals and routine care to sinus infection, strep, or the flu, we couldn't be more convenient. Learn more about our kind of care and our kind of convenience at wakemed.org. I realize, just to make a quick point about Wisconsin and Phil Longo. Yeah. I realize Barry Alvarez is gone and Paul Christ is gone. And yeah. pretty much that whole era of Badger football mm-hmm. is over. It's officially mm-hmm. over with Luke Fickle. And I understand that. Phil Longo is going to bring an offense to Wisconsin. They've never seen before. They have not even. I mean, it's it's almost a little bit like Nebraska when they went to Bill Callahan and he mm-hmm. tried to bring in the, the air raid. And you're like, wait. And Nebraska's like, wait, what? What is all of this? It's going to be fascinating to see. Because, you know, I said this more so with Sam Howell than Drake May. Not that Drake doesn't run. Sure. But Sam Howell was really basically running the the option last year. Yeah. It was RPO. But, you know, the, especially at the rate that he was running last year. Now, you can modify something like that at Wisconsin, of course. Yeah. But it is going to be fascinating to see. Wisconsin get that type of makeover like I don't think people in this area truly understand like the DNA of Wisconsin football remember that's where Dave Doran came from mm-hmm. right like that's where his ideas Mr. of offensive Mr. football come I- from I want to strangle the game I want right. to run the clock if, I want to win with my defense if we could just block a punt if we could just get a pick six yeah we'll yeah. win you know 12 to 3 so I mean that, that's a that's a huge development for Wisconsin, it you, is. And, and I think Carolina is going to be fine. Are they in the sense that they have the trump card in May? Do they? They do. Are you sure? I'm positive. There's been a lot of speculation. Like, look, I'm only bringing this up because we have to be upfront sure. about what's out there. Okay. And I'm not bringing this up in the belief that Drake May is going to go somewhere. I'm with you. Drake May is going to be a top pick in the NFL. He's a legacy guy at Carolina. Things really got to be bad for Drake May to leave UNC. Like, something else is up. I don't think something else is up. Right. Okay, so, the, the but the Drake, I'm, what I'm getting at here is that I can't stop the Drake May speculation from hitting, hitting fever pitch. You can't stop it. Carolina can't stop it. Yeah, but logically... Logic doesn't matter. When you matter. have an NFL ticket waiting for you I the, get it. the very next year. But what do we know about the transfer portal, the way it's been sure. reported on? 
the fact that you cannot get to the bottom of what true numbers are being thrown out there in terms oh. of what NIL packages are. You know what's fascinating? Though, because you... people, there's going to be all sorts of tweets like, oh, I heard that Drake May is getting offered this amount of money sure. from whatever school. You can't stop that speculation, and that's bad for Carolina right now. You know what's fascinating? You just summed up the Larry Fedora era. That is. Something must – you just said something would have to go really wrong for Drake May to leave Carolina. Yeah. Keep in mind, he did not commit to Carolina. True. Out of high school, look, man, like, like that makes no sense. Look again, you, you know, you know, I get fired up about Will Shipley and Josh Downs. I know, and you say to me, "What? Do you, blah, blah, blah. Like it was the equivalent of Drake May being like, ah, nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm right. going to Alabama. Right. That's how bad it was at Carolina. So if you're a Carolina fan right now and you're down on. On Mac Brown right now. Keep that in mind. Yeah, like, that. It was so that. bad that it took Mac coming back, being like, "Hey, buddy, you belong here. Come on now." So the the issue the issue is that there's been a a, a rash of transfers from UNC, mostly on the defensive Defense, side, yeah. and it's got people all freaked out. Like Tony Grimes being the biggest one. You got Cam Kelly. The, the Jacoby Criswell thing, people understood. He was a backup to Drake May. He wasn't going to see any time. So everybody just kind of shrugged their shoulder. Best of luck to Jacoby Criswell. But then what? Uh, Dante Balfour also announced his transfer. He's going to enter the transfer portal here in the last 24 hours. So everybody's looking on the defensive side of the ball and wondering, oh my goodness, what's going on here? Is this a product of Gene Chizik? Did they get it wrong? Is Dre Bly missing on these recruits? You know, these types of things. I get it. Hand-wringing happens in the offseason, given the way that Carolina's ended their season with three straight losses, losing to a rival, and getting outclassed by Clemson. The Phil Longo thing, and Brownlow and I have actually gotten into these arguments on Panic Room plenty of times, and that is Phil Longo a perfect offensive coordinator? No. But Phil Longo put up numbers. The only complaint I ever had about Phil Longo in his time at Carolina when he had Sam Howell and now with Drake May is that I wanted him to put the foot on the neck of the opponent in the first quarter and then continue to press down. There were times where I felt like Phil Longo's offenses got too cute. No. Go out there and flex on him. That's what you do. Like the Florida State loss last year, or was it two years ago, uh, with Sam Howell, right? Where, like, Florida State got to a big lead, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Take their will to compete out of the equation immediately with the offense that you have. That was always my beef. But I, that's it. It's like a small quibble with Phil Longo's offense because, you know, as our guy Ross Barton points out, like, the numbers speak for themselves over the last few years with Sam Howell and Drake May. They put up numbers, and you were asking the North Carolina offense to be perfect, game in, game out, to win them all when it was the defense that would give up explosive plays. And that was the key difference about this year. You talked about holding serve like in tennis, right? And Carolina's defense held serve to put the offense in place. But something went off the rails here at the end of the season. Who knows what's up with Josh Downs and various other things as to why things kind of went off the rails offensively. But Phil Longo did really, really well at Carolina. He's off to Wisconsin and let the speculation begin about Drake May and everything else, even though you and I both know, logically, there should be no speculation. But that's the portal season for you, baby. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com. 
Aaron Judge, big national story of the day. Come to find out this morning that he's going to remain a Yankee. It's always been his goal. It's always been his dream to be a lifelong Yankee. Of course, when they give you a bunch of money, it makes it really easy to say you've always wanted to be a Yankee. So yeah, Aaron Judge, lots of speculation this offseason that the Yankees were not going to be able to match or maybe even be interested in signing him to a long-term deal with big bucks that the San Francisco Giants, California guy, that's where he could have gone. There was always the joke about the Mets swooping in and throwing him a bunch of money and stealing him away from the Yankees. But no, he's going to get a nine-year deal that's going to pay him $36 million. On ESPN today, Buster Olney, their national baseball reporter, described just how close Judge was to signing with the Giants. So close that John Heyman, another baseball reporter, was tweeting about it before he had to delete those tweets. Their offer was right in the range of what the Yankees offered, and the threat was real. It's clear by the Yankees' reaction to this that they were fearful that Judge would go back to, to his home state in California. And look, Aaron Judge is a great teammate. He's a, a you know, great clubhouse leader, widely respected. The Yankees drafted him in 2013, and yet as they went through this process, they didn't really know what he wanted. When they negotiated with him in the spring, his response to that $213.5 million offer was not a counter, and to give a number, it was simply no. So as the Yankees went through this, they're asking the question, what does he really want? And boy, it turned out Aaron Judge was a great poker player. There you go. That's uh, that's Buster Olney. You know, after you hit 62 home runs, you have the season that you had. I mean, what were the Yankees going to do? I mean, this is something that Eduardo Perez brought up, too, on ESPN, that, like, after, after Judge, you know, did the whole bet on himself thing, which is an overused phrase in sports, I mean, you're the AL home run champ. What are the Yankees going to do? Let him go? No. The New York Yankees had a fold on this one. They knew and they understood how big Aaron Judge is to the franchise. Now, they're going to have to definitely now understand that uh, they're going to have to lean on a lot of their young players moving forward and they're hoping that what happened in and what happened in Houston with Jeremy Pena could happen again in 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 New York with their young stars. So that's Eduardo Perez on ESPN. My question, Jillio, is with the contract that was signed with the Yankees today, in the contract terms, did the Yankees agree to get the Goldilocks balls from Major League Baseball to be you, used at Yankee Stadium. You were so excited about that. You texted me like in the middle of the, for me, the middle of the night. Yes. I think it was like 930. Yeah, you're asleep. You're like, oh, night. here's the here here's your true home here run, king, true run, sir. Yes. Oh, God, when I saw that story pop up on my timeline <laughs> last night, I'm like, this is what I've been talking about. So, according to a, a report by Insider, that was put together by the Society for American Baseball Research. This is astrophysicist Dr. Meredith Wills. This is somebody who's been studying different types of baseballs used by Major League Baseball to prove a point. And this widespread study of over 200 baseballs used during this past season showed a massive variance, pointing to a juiced ball, a dead ball, and what he described as a Goldilocks ball. Again, this is not the first time that Major League Baseball has been accused of using different baseballs that had different effects. Dr. Wills had found in 2019, Major League Baseball used a new ball, which contributed to baseball scoring explosion. In response to this, similar studies by Major League 
Baseball announced it was moving to a new, more dead baseball construction. However, there's been a variance within those. Supply chain, this is according to the story, supply chain issues in Major League Baseball. <laughs> it's always the supply chain. It's always the supply chain. Blame the supply chain or the upcoming recession, theoretically. It caused Major League Baseball to dip into its reserve stock of balls, which were of the old construction. A fine Chianti. <laughs> Holy balls! My dad, my dad, oh, is that down on the Napoleon list? <laughs> that baseball? Holy mother balls! So Manfred acknowledged that there was a ball issue and admitted at the 2022 All-Star Game that Major League Baseball was forced to use different balls. That's his first public acknowledgement. But here's the problem. Where were the balls? This is like serious business, though. Don't they like keep them in a humidifier somewhere? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. So there's... they learned about mud last year, where they rubbed with the right mud, and so there's the juiced balls, there's the dead balls, and then there's what's described as the Goldilocks balls, just right, just right. Okay. These are the ideal baseballs, the perfect mix of weight and velocity. According to the report, they found 35 Goldilocks balls appearing in four distinct situations. Their best ball. Special commemorative balls used for team anniversaries. All-Star Week, of course. The postseason, of course. And, interestingly enough, 10 Yankees home games, hmm. which also happened to coincide with... What, what was happening in those right. <laughs> Exactly. The Goldilocks balls use was ramped up in Yankees home games as Aaron Judge was chasing the Roger Maris AL home run record. I don't look, look, all this does is further crystallizes my point about how we get about baseball conversations in history. There is no Goldilocks way to compare eras. And when baseball stadiums are different, when the balls are different due to supply chains, when, as you pointed out, the mounds are higher, lower, spin velocity for a long time. I mean, specialized pitching. Yeah. I'm not dismissing Barry Bonds's steroid use, but you have to put it in the context of the era, just like these baseballs, high variance, which could lead to more home runs in juice stadiums. Last time I checked, Yankee Stadium's a pretty favorable park, right? Pretty tiny out and right. Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying. So, our home run king. He's the true home run king. Eh, The king of the north. eh, Relatively speaking. Maybe. He's certainly the AL how, home run champ. How quickly would, it, would I have had to have changed that tune if he if he signed with the Giants? Oh, forget it. Would you so would have been like, pissed. I'm out! I'm out! You were right all along, obvious.